Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We're glad you're here. Thanks for choosing this podcast among the many to spend a little bit of your time with. I'm Ben. We've got Nathan, Zach, Chad, all of us, all of us in the podcast today. Hey, yo. What's up? <laughs> I have arrived. Chad, I just want to know, the listeners can't see this, but I want to know, what is on your shirt? Is that a penguin, a pelican? No, sir. Those are toucans. Toucans? Oh, Yes, this is a sea of blue filled with toucans. (laughs) Sky of blue for these toucans to fly. The bird Uh, toucans. Yeah, this is the first day to wear it. This is a new shirt. Um, And this morning, my daughter spent some time naming each toucan. For the record, for those that can't see, they all look exactly the same. She was also trying to figure out how many toucans were on my shirt, which I'll be honest, is kind of offensive if you think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Because the larger shirt obviously has more toucans per surface area. What a a like, like passive, aggressive, like, hey, dad, you have... A lot of toucans on your shirt. Wow, a normal man would only have 30 toucans. That's that's a 92 can shirt right there. Nathan, you're from North Carolina. Did you ever have critter yeah. pants? Critter pants? Is this a thing? Critter pants? Hold, hold on. You wait can't wait, talk to, about wait this to see how he answers, because when he says yes, it's going to change the conversation. Critter. Uh, hold on. Uh, Before you answer, I, yeah. was the word critter pants? Critter. C-R-I-T-T-E-R pants. Okay. Okay. Can, are we allowed to guess what quit, critter pants are before this? Nathan? No, and I've never even heard of critter pants. Yeah. Oh my God, Nathan! Is this something that people from outside North Carolina bring to no, North Carolina? No, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, "What is this? Yeah. We're not that redneck." He's going to start a NASCAR. I mean, we're like super redneck or something. Jeez, we like. found the button for Nathan. <laughs> Insult his Carolina hair, Nathan. It was a compliment. Preppy, preppy young right. men in the South, notably North oh. Carolina, uh, would often wear colorful <laughs> pants that would have little like embroidered critters on them, uh, lobsters. Crabs, sand dollars, uh, maybe some other birds. This is things that would go now, really well with boat shoes. Now you see, Zach, worn. like it's an Easter wear thing for 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 okay. young men in the South. See, we were so far in the South, we just went in the woods and got that on our pants anyway. We didn't have to like <laughs> go buy it. Critters, you just critters, got critters on crud your on your pants, right? <laughs> that's just that's just called ticks in your britches. <laughs> He's got ticks on his jeans called. Oh man, well, that's good that, to know. That was the knockoff version. Was tick jeans? <laughs> tick jeans is good, and we now have a name for this episode: tick jeans. Oh man, brought to you by Lyme disease. I think you'll be checking them out this weekend. Oh, that's it. You just checking them. Check it out, tick jeans. Yeah, they sell themselves. I think that we should, there should be a shirt that instead of, like, let's go back to toucans. <laughs> instead of having a different number of toucans on the shirt, the yeah. size of the toucan should be different <laughs> based oh, on. Oh, that's it. It's almost like so animals for adults. So if it's a small, then the toucan is really big on your shirt. <laughs> And then or the size of the you. bird is the size of the shirt, right? So, like, if it's like a, an extra small, it's like a hummingbird on the shirt, right? <laughs> or if it's like a large, it's like a macaw. Yeah, that's good. 
<laughs> just an albatross double X. Yeah, that's right. I'm not the wearing old... a shirt with six and a half two cans on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chad, you brought up a good point right before we started. <laughs> yeah, because we've gone off rail. <laughs> <laughs> right before we started this podcast. So we're recording within days of the Major League Baseball trade mm-hmm. deadline. And the Padre, you you made a comment. I'll let you make it again. What your observation of the Padres post trade deadline? Oh, so what I basically said was, if you if you are a baseball fan without a team, or you're new to Major League Baseball and you're looking for a team, the Padres are the team to like follow now. What a weird statement, right? Like, can you imagine like 10 years ago making that statement? Hey, guys, if you're looking for a new team to follow, might I interest you in the San Diego Padres? They have, in in my opinion, <laughs> the perennial basement of. <laughs> they have, without no, a true. doubt, two of, I mean, at least top five most electric like players in baseball. So True. with the acquisition of uh, Soto and then Tatis, like the, that's just really fun baseball to watch because both of those guys are like unbelievably good at their position, like power hitters. And the fact that like Juan Soto is getting traded this season, having the season that he's having is like unreal. Um, I mean, they offered the guy crazy amounts of money and he still wanted to leave the Nationals. And so... Yeah, he turned down 10 years and $440 million. Right. It's like to, trading, uh, I don't Griffey in the middle of the 90s, right? Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think that's a, a pretty, the Griffey fans are going to be like mad at us, right? But I think that's a pretty <laughs> fair comparison. Yeah. Their uniforms are still garbage, though, right? Like we can agree on we can agree on the tan and yellow not being it's so bad. It's good. I don't know. Like I don't know, man. It's pretty cool to me. I they, think it's pretty cool. They took the monk padre garment and like they went all in with I, yeah the uniforms, everything. Just making a robe look good, you know. <laughs> making robes look good. Sackcloth since man. Tony since yeah. Tony Gwynn. Speaking of making robes look good, I have a new <laughs> hobby for Ben and Zach. Oh, I mean, if okay. we're Ben and Chad, and Zach, you could okay, get on. Thank goodness, on this too, I'm not here. For, I'm not here for new robes. That's all right. So, <laughs> but well, robes in a, in a very loose sense. But I think Ben and Chad, you both should get into 3D printing. Because you can get a 3D printer right now for really cheap, like a couple hundred bucks. And get this, you can make your own like miniatures. Chad, you could make your own chess sets. They could be cool knights. They could be all kinds of different stuff. You can you can print all of this stuff. Speaking I, I of robes. Think, yeah. So like knights in their robes. That's what I was thinking. Long, you know, flowing capes. More capes than robes, you know. But I think that's what y'all should do because that would be super fun. So at the risk of sounding like a grandpa... I still, I still don't know how this works. <laughs> like I've seen it, I've watched videos where it happens, mm-hmm. and I don't like. You gotta, do you have to load it with plastic, like melted plastic? Well, like how does this? It's like a, well, there's just two different kinds. You've got uh, a kind that's like a th- almost like a thread. It's like a plastic 
well, thread rope looking thing and it can print that way. Or the better kind that gives better detail is called a resin printer. So you pour it all in the bottom of this tray and then it helps print it as it raises up. So it actually prints it upside down and that's where you get like the most accurate, best looking like figures or whatever you want to do. But there's tons of like really cool websites that you can go on and you can buy for super cheap five bucks. You can get the art, the the file, the whatever the, I can't remember the, the type of file, but it's a 3D file that then you just load in your printer and you can send it. So what about good friends has been doing a bunch of these lately and he's been sending them to us and they look amazing and it looks like a really cool, fun hobby that he, okay. he downloaded a chess set. That's what made me think of you, Chad, um, is he's about to print his own chess set and he's going to be able to print his own chess board. that looks really cool and the pieces will kind of like interlock together as you build it. You have, to, you have to print it in multiple stages. It looks like a super fun hobby. I'm not dogging. He's processing. I'm, I am processing this. <laughs> I'll send you links later. <laughs> Here's my question. Because uh, the 3D printer makes sense if I had the ability to create something that I could then print. I don't yeah, you have can, that You ability. can do that, too. There's lots I mean, of templates. Can, yeah, there's a yeah. lot. But hold on, though. If there are templates, then it's been made. Right. Thus, I could. You want to be the designer and the printer. Yeah. I mean, you can get into like painting it if you want to. I don't know. It's up to you and that kind of stuff. But like, I get what you're saying. You want to design it too. But that's, yeah, that's pretty complex. Right. That's super complex. But if there's a template, the thing is already made. Why can't I just buy the chess set? He's he's a consumer, not a creator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why do you, have to, you hear what I'm saying? Like I, go like, through the trouble I get here. what you're saying. I'm not. Like pr- I'm not printing something new. I'm just printing the plastic version of a chess set. Yeah, but that they don't I sell could these. also they only buy sell you the model. They only sell you the the file. Oh, you can't file actually buy them. Mm, that's good. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'll I'll just say okay. Chad is the guy though. So this morning he drove over to the house. Super kind. We worked on some stuff today. Took me to lunch for my birthday. But then let me pick my birthday gift. So that's that's kind of Chad's, like, he, he was like, you can have this or you can have that. So that is something, uh, is that is that, like, customary for, like, close friends? Like, like I felt really honored by it, but I didn't know if that was for Nathan, Ben, your thoughts on, like, like, do you rather have a surprise birthday gift or would you rather, like, do you want it from this store or that store? Like, what, what level of, like, birthday gift giving either do you appreciate or how do you operate? Okay, so see, this is a really good question, and for me, I think it comes down to who the who the giver is. Oh, if you trust him or not? Yeah, like I would say, like I feel like Zach, you're probably a very thoughtful gift giver. Oh, I, I, I feel like you like watch for things over the course of the year or the months leading up to it. You there's listen. There's a shelf for, in my closet just waiting to give people stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or you've got like a, a like a app. Like a notes page in, in, on your phone that's like, oh, Chad mentioned this, and so I'm gonna be, I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get, yeah. I'm gonna get him that. So in that case, like, I yeah, but in most cases, I'm fine with, hey, here's some options. Yeah, I'm good with, I'm good with that. Okay, it was it was pretty Nathan, solid. It was option A, option B. So yeah, I appreciated it. So yeah, I'd agree with you, Ben. Sometimes. uh like for somebody like a Zach that's very thoughtful, sometimes they'll get you something. You're like, I didn't even realize this was out there. I knew it was it, out. But it's like perfect. It's like, man, this is great. Other people, I'm just like, yeah, you can give me options. Is that how you treat your kids, Ben? How do you guys handle birthdays in that True Blood household? Four kids. Like, well, how do y'all? How do y'all handle gift giving, planning? Is that Kristen's expertise? Are you in on it? Or 
yeah, we it's a together it's a together thing. I, I will say she often has many more ideas than I do. I'm, I kind of play the narrow down mm-hmm. role in that. Uh, the main thing that we do for every kid is we have like these are like our birthday tradition, so to speak, is we have uh, every kid gets to pick what we eat for dinner for their birthday thing. It may or may not happen on their birthday because ministry and And so like you never like it's floating birthdays and so but around the time they get to pick dinner and we have like this banner that we hang up in our house that's the happy birthday banner so everybody gets the the banner banner, everybody picks (laughs) where they want to where they want to eat which when they were younger where you want to eat it like it's easy and not expensive now four kids two of them high school like last year Josiah, he's he's my nine year old. He picked hibachi, so oh. we, so it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's now not we're, <laughs> now, now we're <laughs> yeah now we're getting into a little bit. It's like dinner and a show <laughs> for all of, for all of the money. But Jonathan's we, like, take me to melting pot. I like to dip stuff in chocolate yeah. and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> you guys ever tried, right. tried wagyu steak? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, go to Pigeon Forge for like the medieval times thing where it really is oh, dinner in this show. Oh, there you go. Oh, man. It's a fancy way to eat chicken. <laughs> okay, yeah. so for, for you guys, you have a birthday dinner. You're picking your favorite food genre. What are you going with? So, okay, so I'll share because I, I had the most recent birthday. Yeah. Ben's got one coming up. I'm excited to hear because I think we're going to be in town almost during Ben's birthday, a few days after. Very close, yeah. Very close. It's it's one of the seven reasons we do launch. Um, <laughs> Karen always takes me to new restaurants or tries to for birthday. Ah. So she took me to the new Nordic restaurant in Tulsa. Freya. So, so your favorite genre is new. I like new. Well, I trust Karen a lot, and okay. I love new. Just because, like, there's not like, I mean, I have most of the clothes that I want. I don't really need, and I get in trouble because, like, if there's like a tech thing I need or whatever, I often like just get it. Right. And so yeah. for her to take me somewhere new, like, that's a way to plan an experience, which I love, and food, which I'm always like curious about, like new places, especially if it's like exploring the city that I love. And so I didn't even know they were open yet. And she had reservations for the new Nordic restaurant. And like, that's a different conversation if we want to have it. But it was very, very good. And I was like overwhelmed because I, like, I didn't even know they were open yet. So it was super good. I, I want to know. You said we can have it later. I you want to know now? <laughs> I want to. I want to know what kind of food. Nordic food in my head. Yeah. It's a lot of root vegetables and yes. fish. It, root vegetables, fish, high altitude berries. Like all this stuff was like lingonberry sauce. <laughs> uh, but I actually had <laughs> high, high altitude berries. High, that's what Ethan told me when he was serving yeah, it. These, these in Oklahoma. Oxygen. <laughs> Mountain fruit. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but I actually so you know, a lot of fish, man, a lot of fish, a lot of root vegetables. Um, I actually had an elk fillet last night uh, when we were, um, Ooh, we were dining out. So I had a little bit good. of elk. It was happy, tender and delicious. Happy birthday! Here's some reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, antler on the cut, right? Yeah. yeah. Which? <laughs> oh my What'd gosh. you have for your birthday? <laughs> Blitz it, <laughs> blitz it, mignon. And some air deprived <laughs> berries. Uh, Just astronaut food, yeah. All right, 
All right, who's up? Uh, so Zach is the new he, the new restaurant. New, new birthday, that fresh birthday. Others, yeah, yeah. Yeah, genres around the room. Oh, I love sushi. Sushi is my that, That's birthday dinner, take you to sushi? Mm-hmm. Okay. I love good sushi. Oh, man, it's so good. That is a good treat. That's a real good treat dinner. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think for me it'd be steak. I love. I just love a good steak. Just if, so for Nathan's birthday, just steakhouse, not, nicest steakhouse we can afford. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, ben, where are we going for your birthday this year? Man, if it was right now, uh, it would be Latin food. Okay. Oof. So don't hear Mexican or Tex-Mex, no. but like Latin, like Latin food. Okay. Like, Arepas. Okay. Arepa. Arepa con queso. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like, man, so we were in Florida a couple weeks ago and we went to this Latin place. And I like this. There's a food truck here locally that, that serves as well. But man, this restaurant was amazing. So we had like two or three different Latin restaurants over the week while we were in Florida. And I just could not get enough mm-hmm. of this food. So right now it probably shifts, but right now favorite food genre is, is Latin food okay. by far. Like now I, you're talking I, like, like plantains it. and yes, carne plantains. Mm. There's uh black beans are, uh, Major food group, yeah, <laughs> in, that's in, true. That, All in that region, genre, yeah. yeah. But the arepa is a is corn cake buns, and stuffed with like meat, cheese, things like that. So oh, that sounds good. Yeah, it is. One of my phenomenal. Uh, one of my mission trips, we had black beans and rice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So wait, you know, so, slim down. Yeah. All the, yeah. All the time. Yeah, that's right. Different when you're eating it for breakfast. Oh, okay. Just simplify the whole meal plan. That's it. That's it. So I have a, I have a question. I want to return to something real quick yeah. here. Uh, five cool and amazing things. This is just pulled from Google. As we were talking about 3D printers, I was like, okay, I want to do a little background research right. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, so I this, planted that seed. Planted this seed article. <laughs> three months this later, is from, Ben's like, I was printing the other day. <laughs> yeah, this is from wonderfulengineering.com. Uh, I'll, go five, I'll go five to one here. But this is, according to wonderfulengineering.com, five cool and amazing things you can 3D print. Number five is gadgets and goodies. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. Under that category. Whoever wrote this blog article was high altitude berries. (laughs) 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 There's like a phone case here. Uh, There's a book, like a a book end for your bookshelf. Anyway. (laughs) So things. Five (laughs) things. Still still on goodies. Still on goodies. You print things. Number four is a camera lens. Uh Uh-huh. Also Uh, a thing. I don't know. A lot of nouns. I don't know how that works. That's, that seems pretty intricate, like the glass and the plastic and the... Yeah. I Number assume three. that it's just the outside part of a lens. I Yeah. there. I mean, there's a piece of glass in here, but I think that has to be added like right. maybe post-production. Okay. Again, I don't, I'm not sure how all this works. Uh, Number three is a model of your heart. So we took a pretty big jump here in complexity uh, from things to model of your heart. Number two, anything your child imagines. 
Oh no! False <laughs> on that one. Not act, not they have grip. not. They have not met. Yeah, they've never met Malia. <laughs> Malia. <laughs> Pretty sure you can't 3D print a Paw Patrol puppy. <laughs> uh, maybe I don't know, but there's a so there's a picture of some like hand drawn sun okay. monster here. Okay, and that then is one that's cool one. is you can just scan it in and just it'll yeah. try to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is one part about the 3D printer that is cool. And then number one is yourself, but a little smaller. <laughs> that is that is a way to get a little mini chat on the desk. Okay. <laughs> one made a strong enough argument that I may get one of these things. <laughs> just Shopify.com slash Higgins is just tiny little chads you could have for your desk. Yeah. Maybe for a season five booster gift, mini just Higgins. Little, little mini Higgins. There we go. Little mini Hig. See, now we all need to get one and just start printing oh these things. Gosh. If it has to be wearing the toucan shirt, if we Yeah. Do. We can do bobblehead with it too though if you want. Chad right. bobblehead. Little, little There's something about though becoming the guy that prints himself that is weird. <laughs> like if that, if that's how you start getting known, you probably describe yourself as a rad dude. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. they're like, "Hey, have you ever met Chad?" And they're he's like, rad I, "I don't know. I don't know who's a, who's Chad." He's the guy that every time he meets someone, he gives them a miniature version of himself. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy that probably talks about himself in the third person. That's it. <laughs> Those are all. Um, so, so for a terrible transition moment, but I'm going to do it anyway. We recently in Nashville, this spring, so a few months ago, that's recently to us, uh, we had our event uh, called The Experience. And that event brought youth pastors to Nashville. Uh, and we split up into cohort style groups throughout the week. We had a lot of experiential type learning. Uh, it was a fantastic event focused on preaching and refining the art of communication. Uh, so we're going to be doing that event again next spring. So this can be a several month away teaser, but in light of that event, uh, I would like just a quick, everybody in this, everybody, all of us have communicated, have, have preached. Like we those are things that we still do. What's your sermon prep ritual? Like what like, are you like way out or like day of either like, one, like pregame? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you have like something that you must do every time, like you before you go out, like you have to hit the top of a door jam or like sure. something like yeah, I would love yeah. to know that if there are those, but preach like a champion today. Boom. Yeah. Yep. What's your, uh, what's your ritual prep? What's your prep routine? I know yours a little bit. We've yeah. talked about this. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah. so mine, mine's pretty distinct of, uh, there's a process that I go from, uh, from digital to paper. So, but you go paper, digital paper, right? Yeah. PDP. So this is Chad's PDP formula. Yeah, yeah. When when I begin to the kind of the brainstorming process for me of writing sermon is I always start with a notepad um, and my Bible. I'll be I will choose um, or if I'm like walking through a book, like I will start with that primary text. I'll walk through it on notepad form and kind of make my initial kind of thoughts of it. And then from that process, I go um, to my computer and I will begin to kind of transfer and structure it out. So that at that point is when I start to like pull in commentary work, um, any other, you know, 
I would add like stories or illustrations at that point uh, to really kind of make it sermonesque. And then my final process from, so I'll write out the like detailed outline of my talk at that point. And then when I'm really ready, I will go to, I have like a preaching journal that I have. Um, and so I will, I'll, I'll move it into the preaching journal. So a lot of times I won't write everything out, but I, at that point I kind of know it. And that sitting down writing process is part of my like memorization of the, the sermon prep of it. Mm. And so I will write it kind of in a more simplistic form. I'll write out all my, my passages. I'll write out any of my quotes, but then any transitions have just become like reminder lines at that point for myself. And so, um, what I walk up to to preach will be my Bible and then my journal. Um, and so once it gets to journal, it's it's done, ready. Mm. So yeah. paper to digital, yeah, back pa- to paper. Paper, digital, paper. So no printouts. Like that's, I think for some folks, they would take what you wrote on the computer yeah, and just print, print it out. But for you, you're just doing the digital part to do some of the organization, uh, the heavy lifting, but you're going to go ahead and clean it up by writing it out again yeah. as opposed to printing it out. Um, which I, 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 so one of the things that I would share is I used to be the guy that would type way too much, right. print it out and try to preach off of something that was printed out and far too dense. Hmm. So that's one of the things that at least I think are in our friendship and encouragement is like, um, instead of like showing up with too many notes is to start really early and kind of chip away and add, like I always like have like little blocks of content and pieces and I'll try to put it all together, but then I'll push it all away and try to remember what all of it was and make notes from that and then go back and see how much of it I got. Cause I just, and that's some of that's from extemporaneous stuff from high school right. debate days or whatever, is that I just, if I'm trying to hold too much in, I'm worried about getting the content right. Then like conveying what I really wanted to say. Yeah. So. And that, that's what it helps me to do when I go from digital to paper, that final time, like it helps me smooth everything out, put more of it to memory. Um, because what I found when I would just go digital print, there there wasn't actually a there wasn't two things for me. One, a process of like really learning the mm, material as far as like it, yeah. the rhetorical piece of the puzzle, but then also just like the opportunity to sit with it and write it out again was really helpful. Because a lot of times, like I'll do that final process, like with a great cup of coffee or I find myself in a coffee shop a lot doing that final piece that becomes really relaxing and just kind of sitting with it. Um, that when you're in the rhythm of creating a sermon every single week, like just sitting and enjoying it for a moment uh, allowed me to, uh, I don't know, to to really connect with the sermon to make it different than a paper writing thing. Yeah. 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 Ben and Nathan, what you guys, for a long time, Zach, I did uh, similar to what it sounds like you were you used to do. I would actually do a full manuscript, okay, print it out, like, and take the manuscript to 
the pulpit or whatever, right? Yeah. So, and I do uh, think that's helpful for a season for everyone because yeah. I think for a lot of folks, they assume, and we've talked about this before, you assume you had enough material until you got up there and you're like, oop, didn't. <laughs> so I'm not discouraging right. anybody that may be in that season of like, I just want to make sure that I don't trip over my own words. That's 100% yeah. relatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it does keep you, it does keep you from maybe going, chasing a rabbit a little bit or spending too long on somewhere if you stick pretty close. So I would, I would print out full manuscript and I would write in the margins words that would cue me for the next section. And I kind of would do that, but had a home base in case I lost my place or or fall back on or whatever. Now that's kind of evolved. And now I am all paper. Uh, I've been this way for a few years now and I'll start paper wise and it'll look like just chicken scratch on a piece of paper for at the beginning stage, really rough outline arrows to other thoughts that I write on. A, and so it just it mind looks, map all over the place. Yes. Boxes drawn around different thoughts. And then I'll take that and write an expanded outline. And that's what I take, what I take to the stage or whatever, when I, when I speak. So I'm the paper process. Uh, it, it helps me kind of, solidify that last mm-hmm. little bit before before I go is that expanded outline writing it there's something about the practice of writing something that helps it stick I think more than just typing it um, but that's that's for me what I typically do is if there's enough time I like to read through the passage quite a bit understand the surrounding context and then then I'll go to commentaries after that and then I usually try to have like if I've got no, I've got enough time. I'll try to take like almost even just a week just to kind of pour over those that the, that plus some commentary in my head. And then I'll go with a rough outline and then I'll spend some more time just thinking about it. a lot of my processes, honestly, just thinking about it at random times. And I'll kind of almost put together chunks of it and then I'll take all those chunks and do my final outline and then work my transitions into kind of those chunks. But basically, I'll just think through all of the pieces the of blocks of it, just all the blocks of it and be like, so then it's, it's almost like I may be one day like sitting down eating lunch and be like, Oh, I really like how this was in this piece. And I may just kind of workshop in my head how exactly I want to say, you know, this chunk of it and then kind of just slide it in. So that's, I don't know, for some reason that's just always been a method that's helped me. I've tried manuscript before and that just kind of felt weird typing it out. Some, some sermons, I think it's, it's been like, Oh, this is really good. Some, it just felt like I, it didn't, I don't know, writing manuscripting it out didn't work for me, but I think it's one of those things you kind of got to find, got to find that habit that, that helps you. One thing I was thinking of, speaking of kind of those habits, uh, so the past couple of weeks I've been doing a lot of football scrimmages, as you know, officiating back into football, back into trying to get into healthy habits. So something we do as officials is we always say like, so I'm one of the people that kind of stands on the line, usually with the the chains or whatever. It's always have a, what we call a pre-snap routine. And so that routine is always, you know, you want to do the same thing every single time. For us, it's count players, check equipment, you know, make sure people's mouthpieces are in, that kind of stuff, making sure you know, there's not false starts. A little receiver receivers going to come over, check them on the line, all those kind of things. But it's so we do these scrimmages to get ourselves back into the habit of like, hey, these are the pre-snap routines you need to get into. So that way becomes second nature. So you really don't even have to think about it. You just so no matter what's happening in the game, you're kind of constantly you don't have to really focus on those things. They're just become natural. So that it got me thinking about kind of now as we're in this fall season, kind of starting back up stuff, 
student ministries coming back, people getting back in school. And I started thinking back and I was like, man, what are some of the routines I wish I would have had as a student minister Mm. that I learned later on? And so that's kind of a question I wanted to pose to y'all was what are some of the things that you've learned over the years that you were like, man, I wish I would have created or started this healthy habit or developed this routine as a, as a student minister earlier on. Um, I was talking this summer with a brand new student pastor two months into the ministry when I was out at camp doing some stuff. And it was just a real fun conversation of, you know, hey, here's some here's some things to think about and just hearing their passion and that kind of stuff. And just afterwards, I was thinking back to like, man, I remember that kind of time just early and fresh in student ministry. But what are some of those kind of habits or things that you guys really encourage our listeners with as as more seasoned student ministry practitioners? Uh, Chad's that I steal and tell everybody at this time of year <laughs> is you need to have two major opportunities to refresh your email and cell phone list whether that's your parent meeting or your back to school meeting or a stage announcement, there needs to be something that happens in mid or late August for all of the new families that are rolling up. But then also for people that may have just got a new email or a new phone number, that's a way of collecting all those fresh or for all the new students that got phones over the summer. Like you don't want to get into October, November and be like, Jennifer never gets my messages. And it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, she changed her phone number. And she didn't think about it, and you didn't think about it. And so, like, this is one of those, like, every fall, maybe every January, too, you're just creating opportunities of, like, hit this text list. If you're new, here's a Starbucks gift card or something. Whatever it is, just to make sure that you've got fresh data that you're working with. So the the thing that we would do was the the very first month of school um, was all texting games um, on Wednesday night. And so we would come up with texting games every Wednesday night. And so every student in the audience would play and we'd have them pull out their phone. They have to write their full name as the first message, as the first message. And then we would throw <laughs> up questions, the text and answers. Well, or... A lot of times it would be speed. Okay. And so you would throw up a uh, thing that they had to do. Uh, oh, text back to text you. Yeah, really yeah, yeah, fast. Yeah. And so at the end of the night, you have basically every student in the rooms uh, cell phone information, whether or not that's legal or not, I'm not real sure. But <laughs> yeah, it, we we send that, that over to the team and see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so for the last for the last game, you have to like have them. I opt in. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I I allow. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, I so Sunday f- for a lot of people would say Sunday's a work day, um, which is and is not because for a lot of people. Sunday is a work day, but it's over by lunch. Yeah. And so it's only a half a work day. It's a whole other conversation when we're talking about what we ask of volunteers and require of them. And anyway, but here's what I would say before you leave the church on Sunday, make sure you look and plan at your next, your next week. If Sunday is a work day, sit down before you leave, Or if you have normal stuff that you do right after you get home, family lunch or whatever, carve out some time Sunday night before you go to bed to look at your next week, to make sure you've got everything that you need to start well, to make sure because on Sunday morning, if somebody comes up to you, is like, hey, I want to meet with you this week. And and you do the thing that we all do that's like, yeah, email me and let's get together. No, go ahead at this point, identify some time when you could meet with this person, maybe reach out to them, 
make a note to reach out to them first thing Monday morning so that that parent or leader knows, okay, you woke up Monday morning and you were on it with following up what I told you yesterday. Yeah. So I, I think a habit of taking that work day on Sunday and either before you leave the church or that night, making okay. sure that your week is lined up and prepared and ready to go is good. Otherwise you're going to spend Monday morning until lunch trying to figure out how to map out your week. Okay. So I need to share the tool that goes with that practice, Ben, which I think Do is it. really critical. So Rush Beam is a youth minister in North Carolina and a dear friend. He got me a few years ago in student ministry to buy, and I would encourage anybody that uh, is willing to take us up on it to buy a clipboard that has a compartment in it. So it's a clipboard on top that opens mm-hmm. up that you can put a pen in it or you can put documents in it. And as he walked around the church, there was a notepad on top that if Deborah says, hey, I want to make sure to meet with you this week, you're like, cool, write her name down, write down whatever you need to about it. And it's just, it's like brain dumping in the hallway of church. Or if people are turning in monies for camp, you can click it into the clipboard compartment. Um, you've got a pen there. If you need have like, yeah. if you have forms that need to get signed, you can walk around and just have it with you. Uh, so for you or anybody on your staff team, it's a great way to put stickers on the back of it of like, ask me I'm new or youth ministry logo or whatever. And that clipboard is your brain dump for the things that you will get done relationally and administratively that week. Have so you for, for Nathan for the, uh, the full circle whistles and clipboards? There you go, my friend. Have yeah, you ever I seen like the lo- the locked mailbox in the youth room? That was yes. a thing that we moved to that I would really, really recommend of of going and buying a locked mailbox, placing it somewhere either in your church lobby or church room, and then anytime you have forms or money that gets turned in, it doesn't come to me. It comes to the locked mailbox that way because I have made the mistake many, many years ago of taking camp check, camp pocket, pocket washing washing machine. machine. Yeah. And that is <laughs> that is the worst phone call ever to have to make to a parent of going, hey, I know you're trusting me with your child for a week. Um, I washed your $300 check. So if yeah. you don't mind just Cutting writing that yeah, again, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I am trustworthy. So uh, that would be one. So here is my ritual or habit that I learned by accident. I would say that it's not for everyone, but for the few that it is for, it is awesome. Um, I learned it by accident by one year my wife planned a vacation the week before we left for camp. The reverse order on that, my guy. The reverse (laughs) order for that. And I will tell you that if you are wired like me, and there are people that are, the vacation the week before camp is amazing. Really? It's absolutely amazing. Really? So here's why. (laughs) I don't know how you pulled that one. I don't know how you pulled that one. one. So I will say... I, the day you get back shouldn't be the day before camp. Okay. But if you can get back about two to three days before camp, it is ideal. Because here's why. You get all of your prep and everything done before you leave for camp. Okay. Okay. You get to go to vacation, a little bit turn off the mind. And then when you come into camp, if camp is not your thing, yeah, 
You are rejuvenated Rolling and you are fresh. ready to go. Okay. Is this a little bit of uh, you take the sermon, you write it out, you type it all out, you walk away, you come back and write it out again? I'm <laughs> noticing that there's the, like, a little Is bit there of a rhythm here there's of maybe rhythm. A- I got it. anxiety yeah. that happens? Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I can see in my mind yeah. the look on my pastor's face. <laughs> <laughs> when I slide the vacation request yeah. off the table, well, you got to have for the a week little bit before. of credibility. Maybe not your first summer play. That that, that that's a I've been here six or seven years kind of play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's fine. I get back Thursday. We leave Sunday. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. You just Which, come back all like beach I said, brain, it's not for just tan, just tan and ready for yeah. camp. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I'm coconut you. in your hand. I mean, just <laughs> Michael Scott beads, you know. <laughs> just hot, hot. Yeah. If you if you're already a guy that's pretty good with like administrative tasks and being ahead, like this is great for you because you're it would probably force you. It would force you. Yeah, because be you're ready. you're already kind of like high strung anyway, like myself. And so, <laughs> like the ability to go check out, relax, and then you get to come in like. Like relationally ready for camp is is a good thing. Like I said, it is not for everyone. For some people, it would be an absolute train wreck, and you just would not get a lot done for camp. But for some people, it is amazing. There you go. That I respect the boldness in the request. <laughs> mm-hmm. Without without a doubt. Hey, this has been another episode of the Student Mystery Podcast by Lifeway. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Tick jeans. <laughs>